it's okay. It's it's just some people didn't know what it was, and it comes on like it's a separate person. And I know. <laughs> I tried. To I did. It. I totally forgot about it. It just showed up, and I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know. I was like, what is this? Fabian's got something. He's doing something yeah, again. Gotta try something yeah. new. Doing something yeah. weird. I don't know. Typically we just <laughs> let it run more. its course for a few weeks and then he moves on to something else that's <laughs> Yeah. One more program that has all your login information, right? That's yeah. Usually, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's all Google anyways, you know. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Edge Protocols Podcast, a podcast about teaching better and working less, with your hosts, Jamie Halsey, Fabian Hoffman, and Scott Gazarian. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Edge Protocols Podcast. We are presented by us. Who are we? We are Rebel Teacher Alliance. Very excited to be back. That sounded uh, like a fair question. It sounded like you didn't know who mm-hmm. we are. Yeah, so well, you know, like a real question. A second there. For a split <laughs> second, I do have to remind myself. It takes a while, but I'm there now. Yeah. So who do we got today? Yeah. Jamie, we're so excited. All right. Well, we are very excited to have uh, one of the original authors of the Edu Protocols Field Guide uh, 1 and 2, and that is Marlena Heburn. Welcome, Ooh. Marlena. Hi, hello. Marlena. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Maybe, so we did. Uh, a, we did oh, ask you if you'd heard before. You'd heard any of the other podcasts, and you had. So you kind of know that we're just gonna have some fun and talk into <laughs> protocols. But I did right. notice. I did notice that all of my teachers right now, because we're almost at the end of the first quarter, are just like exhausted and fried and worn out. And I keep thinking to myself, Oh my gosh, they just need more edge protocols. Cause it's going to just, they need a, no, they need a number mania. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. There you go. And that's a segue <laughs> to what we're talking about. But before we do, why don't you talk about kind of your background as an educator and what you're up to now? My background as an educator, I, I've been in education for a long time. I'm technically retired from public school service. I've taught everything from eighth grade down and uh, in the last couple of years of my, my career, I worked at the County Office of Ed, um, coaching teachers on technology, and Edge Protocols was pretty much my uh, saving grace in that experience mm. because mm-hmm. I could pop into any classroom and I could pull stuff out and do it like that. And uh, before that, uh, John and I worked together in our school district. He actually came on as my boss. And yikes. so, we- can I just say yikes to that for a moment? Wow. Yeah. How wow. was that? Yeah. How was Thank that? Because you. <laughs> you want to know the behind the scenes stuff, right? Of course. Yes, yes. That's, that's what we're here for. Um, it was kind of like he is always. Yeah. Just very yeah. fast paced. Um, we all had trouble. You know, what's so funny is when he first started working for us and I, you know, I wasn't, as you can read in book one, right. I wasn't doing a whole lot that was technology based in my job. Half my job I spent copying and, and distributing uh, district benchmarks. We wrote them and distributed them on paper because the district, the district didn't want to do online because it was too scary. Right. Oh, wow. It is scary. Yeah. So, so John came in and the, the first thing he saw me doing was standing by the copy machine for hours at a time, right? And he's like, what else do you do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I go in classrooms, I do that, all that typical coaching kind of stuff. But I spent a lot of time copying. He said, we well, are going to get rid of that. But because he was trying to bring me on board with the rest of the world, because we lived in sort of a, a dome of, you know, 
a dome of silence, a cone of silence, <laughs> where we weren't really interacting with the rest of the world, in, especially in ed tech. Uh, he started sending me every, I think every day, he'd send me two or three links to something. Check this out. Read this. Here's those a blog. It was so much that I started, he didn't know this, but for a long time, <laughs> I started putting it into a spreadsheet just I could like wrap <laughs> oh my, my brain around it because he was just sending so, so much stuff. But it was good because I read a, a tenth of it, uh, but it brought me up into the 21st century. And uh, my learning curve that year was pretty steep. But. Is that what we need? Because we interact with John a lot. We need spreadsheets. I just didn't know what we yeah. needed, but that's what we need. We need I think that's that what makes, it is. Yeah. That Does makes he do that for you? He just sends you stuff yeah. all the time. Can there be an edger he protocol does, for handling things. John's information? That'd be awesome. Yeah. It's called a spreadsheet. Yeah. You put uh -huh. a spreadsheet. And then you say to yourself, one of these days, I'm going to read that. I, I will read all this. This is already my favorite edger, edger protocol podcast episode because of how much we're joking about John and he's not here to defend himself. This is fantastic. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> It's perfect. He would defend so you, himself very So you well. guys were working together, and then uh, and then he was introducing you to Edger Protocols? No, we created them. Together. Mm, okay. Yes. He kind of had one called Iron Chef, but as I've reminded him very carefully, one activity <laughs> did not make an Edger Protocol. Ah, that uh, is true. Yes. He had one that he was, that was really solid. Iron Chef was like really solid. And I spent months thinking like, what could I create that would be like that, but different? Like, what could I do? And so finally, out of that thought process, uh, and I think we were actually quit. We were not working. We only worked together barely two years, right? When he moved yeah, on. Yeah, you couldn't handle that forever. That Nobody could handle yeah, no, that forever. We don't expect All the spreadsheets that, yeah, that you have to create. Yeah. To, to be honest, I, I literally cried when he left. Yeah. <laughs> and he knows it. It was a sad, sad day. But anyway... So uh, he, so I, I think it was after he had left, I created Cyber Sandwich. And then that kind of began the, the avalanche of things to follow. And then we began re-examining other things that John had created, like eight parts. And we're like, yeah, that kind of like we're creating this model here where it can go across the subject, across the grade levels. Like, what do we have that fits in that model? And so these other things that John had created, um, many report. Uh, eight parts, things like that. And then since then, I I made Number Mania, Book Kukucha, um I don't know. There's dozens other. Can't even remember them all. There's so, so many. What, <laughs> what I really like is like it was the like you were meant to meet kind of a thing, right? It's like the steel sharpened steel uh, thing. It's like you're a good educator. He's a good educator. You just needed someone that pushed you, and he needed somebody who like reined him in a little bit. And like right, it's this it's this really cool. Uh, thing where where you you just happen to meet the right person to make something happen. So I think that's so. Really cool to hear. Yeah. And we we really do complement each, each other. Um, I think both John and I have sort of expanded our grade levels since we began. But when we did begin, uh, he was more middle school. I was more elementary. Mm -hmm. And of course, Edu Protocols has really pushed us beyond that that limit. And yeah. as well as my coaching job, I had like we had to do K twelve. Um, but, but I do think that we complement each other really well and we bring different pieces to the table. Yeah. Um, How yeah. long was it before you guys were like, okay, let's, let's turn this into a book 
from like the first thing or from the day you met until wow. the book came out. Wow. The book, a book wasn't even in the discussion at yeah. the beginning, right? Like we just did our thing. It wasn't until I, I was working down, uh, I, I lived up by Yosemite mm -hmm. in uh, Mariposa. If anybody knows, mm -hmm. it's in the foothills of yep, Cal yep, Central yep. California. Well, lots of people listen, right? And so we just get them geographically orientated. Thank you. And <laughs> California, United States. Yep. Got it. Uh -huh. yep. And I was working about an hour and a half away down in the Central Valley. And so I actually had an apartment down there and I was living there on the weekdays and then going home to my husband on the weekends. And so mm -hmm. I had four days, four, four or five nights a week where I was down there by myself. So that's when I, I approached John and said, I want to write a book. Like, would you help me? Would you join on it? And then that began this whole thing. But the reason that it all worked is because I had those weekdays when I was down mm -hmm. there by myself without distractions. And I just wrote and wrote and wrote and John wrote and John would vox me his chapters over Voxer. Oh, how funny. <laughs> Transcribe them into the That's book. Awesome. Um, yeah. So that was a good, I would say one, two, maybe four years, after, three or four years after wow. we met. That's awesome. Mm, wow. Okay. Wow. And then after that, you guys were, you know, going to cues. I remember you were like the first time I met you was a long time ago. You probably don't even remember. Uh, you signed my book. I bought the first <laughs> Edgy Protocol book and it was like fall cue and all the fall Dave Burgess <laughs> books for $10. So I, I didn't know which one to buy. And that one looked really interesting. And then you, I remember in the book, you circled cyber sandwich, like try this one. And then you underlined a couple more and it was really, I just remember it just kind of expanded from there and there were all these people presenting on edgy protocols and it kind of blew up it sort of has become a grassroots thing right mm -hmm. i mean we didn't uh, we're just john and i are just educators like we're not we don't have financial backing we don't have any big business loans we've taken out we're just two educators like everybody else right we have classroom experience just like everybody else and i think that's what's resonated with with people who are joining us in this kind of movement is that yeah. we're just like them. We're just, and we're still learning every day. We learn new stuff. Um, every day we're tweaking things every day. We're coming out like, you know, John, the other day is like, use this font. It's better. You know, it doesn't matter use what little font. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like your font. Use my font. Yes. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, let's talk about the one uh, that you wanted to talk about today, which is number mania. Maybe you could, explain to the audience what it is uh, and how they could use it in their classrooms. So number mania, you know, when you say pick a favorite, like that's really hard because I have a lot of favorites, but number mania is one of my favorites. What it is, is you have a topic and it works well for across the subject, but let's take, take social studies because that's an easy one. Yes. So let's just say. Yes, it we, is. We like yes, that. I agree. Yes, we're, yeah. Yeah. we're social studies yeah, teachers. Go on. So yes, we're, right. we're so, but, but it works for anything, but let's just say something big like, uh, the Civil War. So we've, we're going to be doing a unit on the Civil War. So what do we do? We just let the kids go on the internet and find facts about the Civil War. And they're going to add these to a class spreadsheet. So one kid might find one fact that says something like, and I'm going to make these numbers up because I don't know. Let's just say they were- We will not 80, hold you to them. There will be no fact checkers. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's right. 85 Southern um, hospitals, for example. 
or I don't know how many people died in the civil war. I'm not, I'm not a big social studies. Yeah. It sounds like you're just making up numbers now. I'm just making up numbers. Yeah. But we can find our facts, right? We can find the facts related to the civil war. Each kid goes out, they find a fact, they put that number in the spreadsheet. They put the link to the source and the fact, right. Of what it is, how many people Mm -hmm. died, how many um, states were involved, how many generals, you know, whatever numbers they can find. And then, Every kid's adding maybe one or two facts in a very short period of time, six or seven minutes, maybe. Then the whole class can take that body of facts and they create an infographic based on those facts. And, you know, you can wrap this up a little bit. Kids can pick a storyline they're trying to tell mm-hmm. and then choose the facts that fit that story. Because usually an infographic is trying to tell a story. Is it a North side story or is it the Southern uh, story, right? So they can kind of pick... Is it from a soldier perspective? Is it from the U.S. government perspective? They can they can play with that. Uh, then they create their infographic using, um, you know, like insert icons inside Google Slides, right? They just bring down the little images and they put the fact and they have an infographic. And that's it. That's the whole thing. But now they have this general idea of the Civil War and the impact of the Civil War before you even started teaching about the Civil War. So that's number mania. The first time I ever used number mania with students, I was out in a little uh, school district with the all to ed kids, which um, those are the kids who basically got kicked out of the regular school. And so we're doing number mania with the kids in this classroom. And we go through the whole process. And there's one little boy who's working really hard on this. And I go over to him and I said, oh, um, do you like history? He said, no. But I really like math. Mm. And that's when I realized that the fact that this is number-based resonates with some kids who typically don't connect with subjects because they love numbers. And not all their subjects are number-oriented, but they Mm. connect to numbers. So that just hit me so deep because as a special education teacher, I actually can think of right now like my period three class, that one kid that loves math and can nail it. Whenever I bring social studies into the math realm, he's all over it. So this is, wow, wow. Well, and right? don't you think okay. it also appeals to the artistic student too because they're building, they have the facts, they have the numbers, and they're generating this really cool infographic that can tap into their graphic um, skills, their Exactly. Design yep. skills. Yeah. All in the space of maybe 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. This doesn't have to take very long. It's a rather, maybe even less. It's a very tight. And then what Adam Muller does with his kids, I love this. He's got the AP, you know, the higher, uh, he and Scott Petrie have those higher end kids sometimes. Um, yeah. Maybe it's Scott that does it, but he has the kids build a, a bibliography for the facts that they're bringing into their number mania. And then they have to have, you know, he has a criteria. He must have at least six different sources or whatever he comes up with. And then what I also love about this is you can take, take that internet research. Because sometimes, especially in the middle, lower grades, we're afraid to put kids on the internet, right? Because we're afraid what they're going to find. But we know. can take, you never know. But we yeah. can take those facts are pulling off the internet and they're not on there for an hour, right? We're talking five or six minutes. So trouble becomes less, right? Because it's a short amount yeah. of time. But then we can take those websites and we can bring them up to the class and we can say, is this a viable source? Like, is this a reasonable mm-hmm. source? Yeah, media literacy. Yeah. Right? This is Bob.com. What do we, do we think that's okay? Yeah. Versus, the, versus the Smithsonian, right? Yeah. Or something like that. So 
Do we? Have, do you guys ever? Does that ever come up where you're then like, oh, there's three toilets, but that's not really an important fact. We don't need that one. Is there ever like a filter process of like, what facts? Oh we yeah, don't that's need? that's part of it, right? No. Right. What's related and what's not related, yeah. and the more they do it, they're be- the better they're going to get at uh, figuring out what's related and unrelated. It's like writing a paragraph, right? This is these are the Plus details. There's some, especially in middle school, they're really struggling with um, the relevancy of what they find, right? So I have I have my kids uh, do research on, like, let's say Roman inventions, and then they tell me all the things about whatever they found about the aqueduct, and then they tell me something. Where I'm like, that doesn't really matter. Like, it doesn't really matter that uh, they use this specific rock in this area, or whatever, because that you're telling me what an aqueduct is, right? So it's mm. like, unless you specifically are, at, are tasked or that's your research, like what are the different materials, it doesn't matter whether they used limestone or sandstone or whatever, right? So it's yeah. really good to have like this overview um, where they start to learn like, okay, um, maybe this fact, it's cool, but it doesn't really, we don't really need it. And then you can like officially like cross mm-hmm. it out. Or like the... rank them or something. That could be mm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you have a group of those facts, maybe that's a storyline oh. that they might want to pull out. Like maybe their storyline is not about the aqueduct. Maybe it's about the materials that were used to build the aqueduct. Yeah, maybe it's yeah. about that rock, exactly, Fabian. Yeah. Maybe it's all about the rock. And it's all about the rock. Well, well, and that's really a high-level <laughs> high skill, like categorizing that information. Um, and yeah. wouldn't that be a really interesting idea to take those facts as a as a group later on and say, okay, which ones go together? How can you build a story? That's really cool. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, and I've used Number Mania quite a bit. So that's that's fantastic. Are you saying our discussion helped you expand? It has, wow. totally. Wow. Yeah. Look at us. Look at us, Fabian. You, yeah. Yeah. Marlena, it was me. We're, we're it was me. Right. It was all, example it was about a, the rocks. It was a joint yeah. effort. Cruising along. Well, so I have a question about that. So we tend, so these are quick, right? Edge of protocols are always usually pretty quick and repetitive. But then I was thinking, oh, well, I spent a lot of time helping my students really get good at Canva. But if they were to try to build an infographic in Canva, I imagine we're, we're way past five or six minutes. And so has, has there ever been like building the infographic? Do you think really? Because Canva's amazing. It I is. think Canva's amazing. Yeah. I think what I would do in Canva, try this. Instead of letting the kids go through all the pictures, tell them you can only use pictures that have one color. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. Because then it's gonna be it's gonna bring out the icons versus all those images. Yeah. Yeah. And then right there you're gonna narrow down yeah. what they're looking at, right? Yeah, or even just modify their search query. Like sometimes when I'm like, oh, I need you just to get the frame or just to get the that's yeah. smart. And now, to adapt to youngers, you could also pre-select the icons on the side and have them like off of the slide deck, ooh, right? Drag, yeah. Exactly. And in fact, on the little um, frayer that you had me fill out for the podcast today that's going to be shared, there is a link to an icon board there. And basically, it's all the, I think Matt Miller came up with this one, but all the little icons around the edge. And so if I was doing the Civil War, I might preload that with cannons and soldiers you know and things that i think the kids are going to need versus versus mm-hmm. a modern aircraft right and then you can preload those especially for younger kids who or those middle middle grades where they could spend all day looking for icons but you'd yeah. be surprised right when you tell kids you have 10 minutes to build it uh they can go pretty fast if they yes. want to. 
Yeah. yeah. I find my 10 minutes runs out, and I'm, I'm always like, okay, it's just a check-in. I'm just, <laughs> I'll give you a few more minutes. Don't panic, but we're going to go 10 first, and then... I always make the second the second timer a little bit less, like eight minutes or six minutes, and then yeah. eventually I'm like, we're out of time, guys. There's there's no more. I can't go less than thirty seconds. So here we go. <laughs> so I'll do ten minutes, and then when no one's looking, I just go remove the timer a few more minutes. Yeah. So there you go. Especially oh, when you smart. notice that they're like in the zone, right? They're like right there, and you're like, oh my god, I don't want to interrupt this. They're actually quiet and working. Yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. Just, well, let's I just would... add a little bit. I always say, you know, when they're not working anymore, when they start chit chatting, yeah. right? That's when you need to say, we're done. Yeah. Okay. Time's up. Yeah. Oh, look well, at that. That was, Whoops, an, awesome, that was an awesome tip, like the <laughs> sneaky move the timer over. Do you have any other tips for launching Number Mania if there's a teacher that wants to put it in their classroom on Monday? That's a great question. Do something fun to begin with, right? Super low key, like, like they could do a Number Mania on themselves. Mm. They could do a Number Mania on a favorite thing, whatever it is, a favorite band, a favorite sport activity, like let them pick the topic. Um, let the class decide, let the class vote so that you can uh, have those shared facts. Or, you know, if they're doing it on themselves, they don't need to share. They don't need to crowdsource the facts because it's all about me. I know I'm I'm 16. I know that I like uh, my favorite athlete's number is 24, right? They, they can come up with those numbers themselves. But yeah, I have do one bunny like in my home. Yep. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Just one, because if you have two, uh, that could change soon. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that, could change wow. very quickly. Wow. Where did, <laughs> thank you, Marley. That Biology, awesome. Scott. Well, Marley, you're welcome. You're, you are very much an essential part of this podcast now. I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, also, you kind of talked about it, using it to introduce a unit. Are there other ways you could insert it into the curriculum besides introducing it? as a unit? I love when we go through a unit and we let kids collect facts. facts. Maybe it's on a shared chart paper or something in the classroom that we could be collecting facts as we discover them in the study of a unit. And then at the end, build the number mania, right? It doesn't always have to come at the beginning. It could be it could be anywhere in the in the curriculum, in the course of the curriculum. And number mania is not something you're going to be doing three times a week. Right. Yeah. Like you might do Iron Chef or Cyber Sandwich or Frayer. A number mania is probably something that's going to happen once a unit, um, once every other week, maybe. Yeah. Just depending on what you're doing. I love it. And then what if they are really proficient? They've done it a couple of times in their classrooms. The kids are really good at it. What are some ways that teachers could then kind of plus it and make it even more dynamic? Tighten up your time. Mm. Right. That's your first goal is as they become proficient, you're not nudging that clock anymore. So you're going to bring that time down really mm-hmm. tight. We got it. Now we're going to knock it out. Can we do it in 10 minutes? Right. And really stick to the 10 minutes. Then have them do things like you need five different sources and cite your sources that you're using. Uh, different kinds of, of facts are bringing in thinking about that storyline. What is the story your your number mania, your infographic is trying to tell? And then sticking true to that story, right? This also makes a great pre-write, mm. mm-hmm. uh, a longer essay or something that they're going to be writing, where they can get yeah. into and collect those facts and have those facts handy, so then they can use them in a longer assignment or another assignment. Yeah, if they're if they're leaning towards a certain amount of data too, like maybe like years or something, or whatever, and then 
you're like, oh, I don't want you just to lean on those numbers. You can modify and say, I only want two of this or three of this, like minimums right. and maximums and things like that. That'd be really cool. That's right. You can set your criteria. I love setting criteria for things, you know, because I think those parameters, when we set parameters, actually allows kids to be more creative. Mm. Because mm-hmm. if you just put someone, you know, if you if you if you sit down in front of a plain white paper in an empty white room, you can't think of anything. Yeah. yeah. But if you say, well, here's your watercolors and here's some landscapes to help inspire you. And then all of a sudden you can come up with something that's beautiful, but in a void, it's really hard to be creative. So I think the parameters kind of builds the scaffolding for creativity. Oh, I love that's been that. my problem. The... I'm always doing it in a white room. Yeah, you uh, are with white paper. That's my problem. I didn't realize what it was. Until and, right. and white paint. Dang it. And it's white, like, yeah, and white paint. Little, yeah, it's, I, just, I got <laughs> nowhere. I was getting nowhere fast and I couldn't figure out why. You're going to get I the was, snowstorm and that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm telling my, my students a lot about uh, creativity is like the limitations are actually what make you creative, right? Mm. There's this famous story about uh, Steven Spielberg and Jaws and how the shark always kept breaking down. And that's why the movie is so good is because he wasn't able to show the shark um, for like an hour into the movie because he didn't have the footage. And so it's like, it was actually a blessing for Spielberg to make the movie better. But it's like, as you're doing, it's like, it's harrowing because you're like, oh my God, it's never going to turn out. But it's the same <laughs> with the kids too, right? If you limit the amount of time or you limit the amount of resources they have, they have to use those resources in, in a creative way, which they probably wouldn't think of if they had too much time or too, too many resources available. Yeah, you have to nudge them to think out of their box, out of their comfort yeah. zone, mm-hmm. but at the yeah. same time, provide that support so they can go Yeah, somewhere. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've been having I- a lot of success with Thin Slides lately. And, uh, and just like the repetitiveness and they're just Mm -hmm. like really dialed into it. But I mean, like every time they're getting a little better. So it's not like I have like this perfection that they reached because they made the amount of time or they did whatever. Like it, it's still, in essence, I'm able to track their progress even more because of every time we do it and their skills are progressing and their times are getting shorter and things. So I like that as a special education teacher, because then I can really have this clear evidence of these individualized students and their progress over time. It really helps me. I I love that you used thin slides for the example of that right there, because thin slides, one word, one image. It's pretty simple, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing I love about edgy protocols is it always makes me think of the game Othello, that little, those little black and white beads that you flip Mm -hmm. over, Uh right? And you try to trap a person in the middle. The tagline for that game is a minute to learn, a lifetime to master. And I really think that that describes edu protocols to me because you can, teachers can right out of the box, go do them. Um, but the more they do them, the more you see segues into other curriculum, ways to connect them, ways to reinforce them, as well as the kids get better and better at doing it. They get faster, but they also get more creative and more, you know, that then slide probably isn't just an image and one typed word anymore. Right. It's kind of yeah. morphing yeah. into something yeah. that now looks like wow, that's kind of a cool slide that could be in someone's presentation, right? Because it's starting to look a little better. Yeah, they don't need yeah. the one word anymore. Okay, we've been doing one word. You got that. In fact, none of you write one word anymore. Now you all write five words. Okay, let's try to get a whole sentence. And what does that there look like? Go. And then two sentences, exactly. Yeah, yeah I love that. Right. I'm glad I brought it up. Yep. You guys are welcome. Thank you, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> and then as you've, um, Marlena, as you've kind of brought Number Mania out into the public, 
Um, is there anything that surprised you as far as like, you know, teacher reactions, student reactions, something that may be unexpected or that maybe arose out of number mania? Well, I don't know if I have a good story for that. I just, I just. That's okay, we'll cut this out. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought maybe you you already had this pre-planned. I thought this was pre-planned. Yeah, I thought I uh, thought you had a script uh that you were like this. No one gave me a script. Oh, (laughs) Jamie, that's your fault. (laughs) Or maybe just how have you heard Number Mania impacting people out there? And to to be honest, sometimes I'm just surprised that people do them. Mm. You know, Mm. sometimes I sometimes I go through, I go into the Facebook group or I go on Twitter or something like that. And I'm like, people are actually doing these and they love them. And kids are having good responses to them. And kids are liking learning with edge protocols. And sometimes I'm like, I just got to nudge myself like that's really cool. You know, that's just really cool. It is. It's got to be surreal. Like how many teachers you're reaching. It's it's uh, it's pretty incredible. And we don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To be honest, we don't even know. Yeah, that's true. You only know the ones, ones that come up with their book and ask you to sign them. Like Jeremy. that's right. Yeah, and that's Listen, been it's like gotten, five. <laughs> it's gotten to a point now, I think, where it's like teachers and and I do that too. It's like I don't necessarily recommend the book right away. Where it's like, oh, I I got this thing. Like here, you should try this, and then it just like lives on. And then when they're like, "Ooh, this, this is cool!" Like, do you know? And then I'm like, "Oh, right here. You should you should get this book," um, because it's like, yeah, right. Like you're talking to someone, you're like, "Oh, I'm doing this this thing called Edu Protocol. It's a thin slide, blah blah." And they were like, they look at you kind of like you're from the moon, and then uh, you explain. They're like, "Oh, I'm gonna try that because it seems so simple," and then yeah, it just I think there's a lot of them just live out there that we don't even realize like we just mentioned and then somebody did it and then they keep telling other people about it, which is kind of cool. Like to have that spread. Yeah. Uh, You know, when we named the book, um, John came up with the term from edgy protocol. And I think Mm -hmm. at the time I wanted to call it something like, I can't remember, but you know, something like learn. (laughs) And he was like, no, 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 no. L-E-A-R-N. <laughs> yeah, but something better than that. Came up with the name, um, and some people do hear that and they're turned off because they think, "Oh, it's a thing," and I'm not mm. going to do a thing. Like so it doesn't resonate with everybody, and that's okay. I call yeah. it eat up protocols, and that seems to yeah. be better. Yeah, that so has been catching always, on. Eat up protocols that seems to be. <laughs> but for those that are having a hard time with edge protocols, eat up protocols. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. So um, maybe as we wrap things up, maybe you could talk a little bit about like uh, where people can learn more about Edge Protocols besides our awesome podcast um, and maybe anything new that's on the horizon uh, with Edge Protocols. Oh my goodness. So much exciting things. So yes, first of all, podcast is a great way to get your feet wet. And uh, you guys are doing such a fantastic job with that. Once you feel like you want to go a little bit deeper, there's a couple of books. We have the, the books one and two, which are just the basics. And we call those the classic edge of protocols. Uh, and then there's a math edition. There's a social studies edition. There's a, an edition for deploying, right? For coaches getting started in your school. And then there is an English language arts edition that we just sent kind of a kind of the sister book to the social studies book that middle school to AP level that we, uh, that, uh, Jacob's writing that we just sent to the the editor a couple of uh, weeks ago. Is this and an exclusive? Also, Did we just get an exclusive right there? Do, or is that out? I don't I think so. I think it's it's out there. Darn yeah. it. Oh, we we, right. we talked about 
him and the book, but he yeah. updated it with some AI stuff, right? That was like the newest yes. thing that was added. Yeah. Yes, Sorry, exactly. I didn't interrupt I'm you. Excited. I do that a lot. Sorry, okay. ELA book, keep okay. going. Sorry, my bad. And then we are on, at the time of the recording of this podcast, I'll just say, we are getting very close to publishing the primary edition, which is going to be amazing for kindergarten first, second. And uh, Jennifer Dean and Ben Cogswell have been working on that. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be a game changer for that grade level. Because up until now, they've had a hard time engaging with edge protocols because, you know, Google's not easy for kindergartners, right? Yeah. But what they're doing, and they've tied it into Seesaw, and it's going to be, it's amazing. They've got oh, that's cool. good work. And then we just came out, I think it just actually went on Amazon yesterday, the companion guide to book one, which has some um, um, edge protocols in it. And um, so Richmond is the, uh, the creator of those templates and they're beautiful. And I know people are going in and getting things in the Facebook group and they can get things in edge protocols plus, but these, these are really over the top and they're all in Canva, yes. which you can then convert into Google or Microsoft very easily. So, so those yeah. those are the cool things. Um, so only a couple, like barely any. So right? only like two or three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just two or three. Yeah, and then of course our conference is coming up. We're beginning to talk about worldwide, which will be. I don't have the dates for it. I'm so sorry. We but it's November, going to be- yeah, November sometime. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Is it the week of Thanksgiving? I don't remember. I don't Check remember me either. Out. I remember I remember seeing the the notification in the email, but I don't remember exactly. I wonder if we yeah. can create a numbers mania and it'll make sense to us. Maybe we, we could we could do a numbers mania on Edge Protocols. Worldwide, yeah. There you go. On Edge Protocols. That's a great idea. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. It was meant to be a joke, but I'll take it as a great idea. <laughs> no, it's it's a great <laughs> we're idea. We're gonna do it. You have to do it. Awesome. Well, we sure do appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Um, and reach out to uh, edgeprotocols.com slash plus. Is that right? Plus dot edgeprotocols plus.com. Okay. Or you can also find things at edgeprotocols.com. Edgeprotocol, the, <laughs> I got tongue tied. Edgeprotocols.com is our original website where we put, we host the book stuff. Educaprotocolsplus.com is a platform that we're building to support teachers in their professional development of learning about and how to do edu protocols. You know, just go to Google, put in edu protocols. It'll all make sense. Something it's, it's will come awesome. up. Yeah. 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 Uh, and you can, as always, you can check the show notes because there'll be links in there for everything, including, yep. right, uh, Jamie, the Frayer will be in there. We have, yeah, the Frayer with Number Mania and all kinds of resources that Marlena added in there, along with a couple screenshots of some of the uh, Number Mania ideas. Well. Awesome. And then you can check us out at Edu- uh, Edu- Protocols, at Rebel Teacher <laughs> <laughs> You can check us out at rebelteacheralize.com. And uh, we're so glad you guys all joined us and hope you really enjoyed the pod today. We'll see you next time. And week. I have it now. The Worldwide Five, this is going to be our fifth one, will be Saturday, um, November 4th. There we all go. Right. There you it is. Here, November 4th. All right. 4th. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank Bye. you. Bye.